0: And welcome back, Forth and Long fans. It's your footy course, Monica. Coach Donnie Hess here, back with another off-season supporter series chat. And joining me today, all the way out from Perth, West, Western Australia, is Melanie. Melanie, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to be part awesome,
0: of it. Awesome, awesome. I love when people are excited to talk footy, especially now. But before we get into the footy, because that's why we are here Let's find out just the tiniest bit about you a little bit. So just a little bit about yourself outside of the game of football.
1: It's really hard because so much of it is about football. <laughs> You're um, not the first person I, to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm working in information governance in the IT space, and I'm actually just moving into a little bit more um, of the privacy space. So I'm getting a little bit excited about my new role um, in that space. Outside of work, you can normally find me down the beach. I live really close to the beach, so Perth beach is beautiful places. Um, or you can find me reading books for my book club, or I'm an auntie. Um, so you can find me hanging around with my little nephews. Um, and yeah, that's about me.
0: Awesome, awesome. So here, here we go. WA girl, I gotta ask this footy mad state. What is your favorite thing about the sport of footy?
1: It's such a big question because. There's so much that I love about footy. I think the game, the game's just super exciting. You never know what's going to happen. There's always some chaotic moment in there. It's just so different to all other sports. But for me, the real thing that I love about it is the social aspect. I really find, like, I found my group of people that I love. So, you know, each every second weekend, sitting down with my friends, watching, watching the game together, having a chat. There's just something about that continued theme of footy throughout friendship that you know we've got a lot of memory stretching back a lot that cements our friendship which is great
0: Yeah, And then the crazy thing now is with with social media and stuff like that, you get to meet fans everywhere else too, which I think is fascinating. I know we've chatted back and forth with some of your Fremantle friends that you know, including Leanne from from Kansas, who who we both know quite well. And then with me, I have a lot of Swans people who have, have attached to me in many, many ways. In fact, some of the stuff that's in my background, I came from New South Wales, I kid you not. Some of the hats that are back behind me, those are signed member hats that were sent to me from some of my friends there. So it is the generosity shocks me at times, but I absolutely love it. So all righty, we're, we're gonna go back into the into into your memories a little bit. Can you remember your earliest footy memory?
1: I I, I think um I didn't grow up as a footy person. Um, like my family wasn't uh like footy, my dad's that's from the UK Um, but I do remember I have this really vivid memory of with my little brother and I watching and it wasn't that far back but in 92 we were um, sat watching the grand final and watching Peter Wilson kick a ball over his head um, backwards into the goals and kicking a goal and Dennis Cometti commentating something along the lines of Peter Wilson like a cork in the ocean and the ball sailed through into the goals and I just have this vivid memory of this is really cool but actually, going to footy, that's a really like. I know I would have been quite young. We had, um, obviously, being a WA girl, um, there wasn't like AFL teams um, around when I was little, um, but there was Waffle. And I didn't, like, like I said, I wasn't a footy kid, but the kids up the street used to get free tickets through their dad somehow. So we would just kind of trot on down with the free tickets from with the kids up the street. We'd trot on down to either Claremont or Stubiaco ovals and watch waffle games and when I say watch waffle games I used to you know watch the crowd and run around the oval and see all of the cool things that happened at the footy and go find myself some hot chips or some lemonade or something like that to watch, watch footy. so I don't have that hey I remember going to this game but I do remember the actual going to the footy
0: awesome awesome all righty so WA girl we I gotta ask this I'm pretty sure most <laughs> people will kind of figure it out what's the club that we're going to be talking about today and how is it that you came to support them
1: well, it's Frio. I'm a massive, massive Frio fan, um, and I love Origin stories. Although my Origin story probably would get me cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I said, my dad's from the UK, and so we didn't really do football um, in our in our house when growing up. But my brother's six years younger than me, so he started to watch footy. But it kind of wasn't really a girls' thing in my house. Not, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that was an intentional thing, but just you know, 80s. There wasn't girls' kind of football, so. Um, I didn't watch it as a kid. I just kind of, you know, watched it a little bit through my brother and his eyes and how he did it. But when I was quite young, um, my first like, proper boyfriend was a mad Collingwood supporter. And so through the relationship, I just started watching football going, oh my God, I really love this. And being very young and dumb, I went, well, I have to follow the team that my boyfriend follows. So I decided I was going to be a Collingwood supporter for a very short period of time. So this is the bit where I can. Going to get canceled. <laughs> I started actually going, you know what? I really like this. I really like this game. I love this game. And one of my good friends um was a Frio member and he started getting a few free um he had member seats and one of his friends wasn't going. So he invited me along to a couple of games and I was like I really like this team. I really like this club. And now that I know what it's about I'm like I think I'm a Freo supporter. I don't think I'm a magpie supporter. So <laughs> from that day on which would be twenty one years ago, I think. I, it was I'm a Freo Frio supporter since there. So it wasn't early on, it wasn't a family thing. My brother's a mad Eagles supporter. So we have a lot of like a lot of differences <laughs> when we watch football together. Um, but I have had my membership with with my bestie Chad for uh, nineteen years going on now. So
0: Fantastic. Yeah. That's that's a cool story. And it's always interesting. And I know I've heard that before that if you change teams, people get super offended. But I'm one of those <laughs> it's a feel. It really, it really is a feel because I I know some people that they started with a club and it just didn't feel right. And then they find that one, and that's that feel. So you, you will get no judgment from me here again. <laughs> US I've I've said it on a few podcasts. I said US fans are very fickle. A lot of us are very much bandwagon fans we support teams that win and if you're not winning they jump ship the, the loyalty to fan bases here is not always as strong as it is in australia and i, I like i said i tip my cap to some people because <laughs> there are people that i've talked to that have been fans for 30 years and have never seen a flag and i tell them constantly i said i respect your loyalty because that is fantastic because there are people over here in this country if it hits 10 years they're like oh, i'm done I'm done. And they pick somebody else. So 100%. So no judgment here. So (laughs) I I picked, I picked up on this and I love this. When I find out that family members are on different parts of a rivalry and with WA with Fremantle and West coast, there (laughs) is rivalry may be an understatement for some. So I got to ask with the brother being a West coast man, how is the banter come the Western Derby? Because I bet it's fantastic.
1: It's absolutely fantastic. And I think, I think it's one of the things I really love about it. Like, it's fun. It's not, you know, like, I, I know that there is some people that really mm-hmm. could, like get into it and are really quite aggressive with it. But it's fun. And there's always, like, it doesn't just have to be footy season. There's always, a oh, well, you, you're a Freo fan, so that's why you'd say that. You know, like, it just comes into every part of your life. And Dad, Dad, like, he he follows it. So he is an Eagles, Eagles fan as well. But I <laughs> think my brother and I that but also now with my extended family so my brother-in-law my sister's my sister's husband is a bomber and my brother's wife is a bomber so funnily enough (laughs) two different two different families but um we've got bombers in there as well now so it's just really nice to have that banter between all of the different groups unfortunately none of my nephews are in the Frio camp can't quite persuade them into that area but not too late
0: Uh, auntie will work her magic for sure definitely for sure not hey i absolutely love it i love the like i said the banter sometimes for me is is some of the best parts because you can sit here and go back and forth as long as it's respectful as long as it doesn't get like crude i think you can have playful bantering i love the dry humor uh, of the aussie culture absolutely slays me at Mm -hmm. times so absolutely love that so all right we'll, we'll, we'll go back to it can you remember the first frio dockers item you were given or bought
1: I think it must be a, a, a scarf. I, I, I mean, it was a long time ago, but I've still got my scarf. It's one of the original, like, um, the old colours with the red and green, and it's got all of the badges from every year of membership on that scarf. So I think that must be the first one, and it was given to me um, at one of the functions. So I, I think that was it. But my favourite piece is... Um, I've got um, Ryan Crowley used to wear sweatbands. And so they 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 were selling um sweatbands and merch and I've got a signed Ryan Crowley um sweatband, which is I think my favorite because it is the weirdest, quirkiest
0: <laughs> part of the oh, trio is it.
1: all about the quirky. <laughs>
0: Hey, there is nothing wrong with that. Sometimes those are the cool. Sometimes those are the coolest ones of all. So, and, and I and I love this because this this leads to a great transition to to the next question that I have is is I, I as I kind of mentioned earlier, American fan bases are different, and I, I I I think being a fan has very unique quality because everybody fans differently. There is no one fan that exactly fans the same way as somebody else. So, I I think it's this unique thing that everybody kind of. Does differently, so I want to hear this just a little bit. Can you describe your fandom for Fremantle? I mean, as you said, you switched from Collingwood after after you decided that though it was your boyfriend's team that Fremantle matched you a little bit better. So, what is your fandom? Are are you one of those you have to see every game that you possibly can? You go to trainings, you go to the games. What what is your fandom of the Fremantle Dockers?
1: I would think I think I fit into that feral freo fan category (laughs) in that I do go to all of the games, um, men's and women's games. I don't make it down to training very often. Um, it's a, it's quite a long way from me uh, down to Coburn. So I'm not like, I'm not that, you know, I don't need all of their signatures. I don't need to be like at mm-hmm. all of the trainings for that. But, the
0: badges. Um, and... <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, But I do have like, a, you know, I hate to miss games and I really love the um, ability to be able to go to interstate games. So um, to be able to jump and do a footy trip, like at least once a season. Obviously, that's been hard the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to be part of that, like traveling group and seeing Victorian fans or the South Australian fans, I love that kind of like kind of stuff. And I really enjoy being part of the part of the membership base. I'm um, with Free I've been really lucky to be involved in something they've called the Members Advisory Forum. So. They started it just before COVID hit of a group of, excuse me, excuse me, a group of fans um, or a, sorry, a group of members um, that come together with the club and they ask us questions and it's genuine feedback and they've implemented quite a few of the ideas that um, have come from that group. So just being part of that and knowing that the membership voice is being listened to really like. It's really valuable and yeah, i think my fan
0: i think you would they're free <laughs> my feral there's no judgment here i again i love the passion absolutely fantastic i am a, you, you some would call me a sydney feral again i'm i'm the crazy one that if you see my time ta- if you see my uh, my twitter account at 445 if the swans are playing i am up and i am tweeting about it and i've had the swans even put up dedicated on like replying to one of my tweets. so I, I know Love exactly that. how you feel. I may be 13,000 kilometers from the SCG, but I'm, I'm sitting with my iPad and I'm cheering silently, but I'm, I, I'm supporting <laughs> as much as I possibly can. So, alrighty, we jump to it the next, this is, this is a fun one for me again, because Fremantle is a relatively younger team compared to yeah. some of the clubs in here. So can you remember the first Fremantle game you attended live?
1: I was trying to think about that a little while ago. My my friend Chad, my footy mate Chad, and I were talking about when we think it was, and I can't remember that first. It's like my, my brain just doesn't go back to that first one. I know in the very first season um that I did go, and I know I went to I definitely went to a derby game in that first year, but I don't remember like the very first. It it wasn't obviously wasn't a pivotal like moment in there. Mm-hmm. I do remember the first season that I had my membership, it was Monday's first season. So I have that like real memory of the young kids starting, but none of the actual, Hey, this was that game. I'm probably really bad at the memories of like this game held on that day. I'm not one of those stats people.
0: <laughs> That's fine. Not every, not everybody is completely okay. Alrighty. As somebody that is a, a self processed Frio ferrell I'm going to, I'm going to love hearing this because you've had some really good players, Don the purple, Don the purple and white. And even green at times. So I asked this, who is your favorite player of the past? And who's your favorite player currently donning the Docker's currency?
1: Love this question because it's so hard and <laughs> it challenges me so much. And because I think maybe I should have answered in the fandom part, I'm a really positive fan. I'm it's like it's all about the positive for me. And so every single one of the players that has ever played for Crayo, I'd love them. <laughs> I will love them forever. Um, but you cannot go past the two, like for me, the two pass players. Obviously, you've got to say Matthew Pavlik, but that's a really easy and a really boring um, answer. So, um, and still, I will discount that I'm, I'm pretending, I'm in denial that Mundy has finished playing football. So, I'm not going to count him as a pass player yet. But Luke McFarlane um, would have to be one of my favourite pass players. He was just super reliable and just always, if he had the ball, you knew it was not going through those goals in the opposition end. So, it would have to be Luke.
0: All right. And um, current player.
1: Current players. Again. That's so hard. Because I love that's them. That's a lot
0: of them. You got a good squad there. <laughs> You've got a very good squad there.
1: And I love the kids that are that are coming through. And I am the kind of player that the kind of fan, sorry, that loves the footy, the goals, the tricky, the specky, the on the run kind of goals. And I think Michael Frederick, Fast Freddy, with his super cartoon fast legs, and just the way he can I'd like, you know, he's not always there, but I think he is one of the most exciting players. Um, and the way he can, you know, just get that get that ball going so fast, I think he's got to be up there with one of one of my favourites. But it's so hard. I think Nathan O'Driscoll would come a very second, um, I'd like very close second favourite player. I think I love his sister who plays for AFLW, Emma. Um, and I think Nathan, again, still a very new, very young player those couple of goals that he's kicked from the pockets just amazingly going in just magic
0: there's so many Um, there's so many to like on that Fremantle squad legitimately like i I, i've talked to a few Fremantle. guys there are so many kids that i just thoroughly enjoy watching like they are a team that if i can watch it i will definitely watch it because Sarong and all of those and Brayshaw in yep. the middle. Oh man, they're so much fun to watch. And and they they're I think they're gonna bring plenty, plenty of success to Fremantle for sure. So I cannot wait to see that. So we'll go we'll go with this. I love this. I love this question because the sparkle in these people when in my in the people that I chat with eyes when I when I asked this question, most memorable moment as a Frio docker supporter.
1: It's got to be. Obviously, we're a club that hasn't hasn't got our grand final uh, win yet, but we'll get there. But it's got to be when we won um, the prelim against Sydney to send us into the grand final in 2013, just being, it was at Subi Oval, so well before Optus, just being in that crowd and hearing the entire stadium chanting MCG, MCG, MCG. It's giving me goosebumps now because it was just... A moment of, hey, we're going to the grand final. This is something that has never happened. And, oh, my God, that moment, I will never, ever forget that moment. It was sensational. It did take me an hour after the game to realise that it had actually happened. Uh (laughs) For it to cement that, oh, my God, we've won and I'm going to the grand final and I've got to figure out how I'm paying for those ridiculous flights
0: uh yeah that, that that the realization when it comes through is absolutely fantastic Already, so we went down memory lane a bit Let, let's go to a little bit more current now and and i'm as as everybody knows i do afl reviews and i love kind of finding out how fans fans kind of process the season a little bit differently so i kind of want to go through what were your thoughts on last season i mean a successful season you make the finals you get through it you get through a tough elimination final against the doggies that i mean that hadn't that had more ups and downs than a roller coaster if, if i'm being 100 honest with you when i saw the final score i went what because <laughs> it was it was so insane so as a supporter what were your thoughts on this last season
1: i um quite like to make very rash statements and but you know like broad statements and I'd said to like um like my pretty friends and my work friends at the end of uh, sorry before the start of last season I'm like this season we're making finals and the next season we're to the grand final so I kind of thought that was a bit of a like we're not going to do that so I was very, very happy when we actually did make finals but I, I think there was so much to be positive about in that season. There was just so many things that held together that you could see our drafting and our like um, selections had just really finally come together, and the team was playing as a team. So there was just so much to be positive about. But I think for me, the highlights: the Melbourne winning um, against Melbourne in Melbourne, and winning against Geelong in Geelong was huge. They, like they were just such big milestones that I just went, oh my goodness, this is this is a team that's going somewhere. We've really got that like we've got that uh, that thing that's been missing about um, you know if they were down, if they were behind, they just didn't give up. They just kept fighting and they managed to find a way. And so some of our wins weren't pretty and they ground them out, but that determination and that we're never going to give up, uh, you know, fight. I think is going to take them a long way. And then um, (laughs) that Bulldogs game, um, (laughs) that will stay with me for a long, long time. I had been um, the AFLW, the girls played Geelong um, down at Freo Oval that morning before the game and it was freezing cold and we only managed two behind in Mm -hmm. the entire game. And it was, as I said, I am a really positive, positive fan. I could not find much to be positive about in that game. And it was just like it was awful. And it was so cold. So then to take the journey from Frio Oval up to Optus. So I went to the um, went went to the pub in between um, then went to Optus and sat there in that first quarter at Frio we're doing the same thing and there was like two behind. And I was like, I can't, I can't sit through this. <laughs> this is hurting my heart. And no matter much, no matter how much me as a fan And I'm sure people in there were urging and were just so desperate and were supporting as best we could to try and get them across. There was nothing that seemingly at that moment that could happen. But the fact that they turned it around and came from so far, I can't remember how many points down they were, turned it around and just fought and the crowd fought and the noise just built and they just, (laughs) I don't know how they managed to do that. That just was exceptional. And then, that feeling, that feeling on the finish line, will probably be up there with that Sydney prelim um, win. It's obviously a bit too close to, it to be my favourite moment, but just knowing that we were like we were through and having that um, again last minute spontaneous thing of do I go? Do I need to go? Do I wait for the grand final? Do I go for the prelim game? And I was like, no, nah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm gonna fly over. I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch Collingwood, um, Dockers Collingwood game. So I did, um, and it's like managed to meet up with quite a few of the Frio Twitter crew before the game at a pub in in Melbourne, which was amazing. And while obviously the result of that game wasn't what anyone would have wanted it to be, just for those kids being there, the experience they would have got in front of that crowd. And I have, I have been to, like I went to the Dockers 2013 Grand Final and I went to the WA um, Grand Final. I've never heard a noise like that Collingwood crowd at that, at the NCJ, I, I can't remember how many were in the crowd, but there was only about six thousand Dockers people <laughs> in that crowd. The rest were Collingwood, and the roar. And I'm not a Collingwood fan um, anymore. Um, and so, <laughs> hearing that noise and knowing just the fandom that is there, and just going, "Oh my God, this is this is incredible." Obviously, it wasn't our it wasn't our day, but for those kids to experience that and be on that big stage and hear that noise, and um, you know. Obviously, it would have been intimidating, but I think I predict big things from them because I think they would have learned so much from that experience. And like, none of those kids have played that. I, I can't remember how many, how many I think there's two players that had played finals previously. Maybe, maybe I've got that wrong. Don't quote me, stats.
0: <laughs> well, you would think Monday would have played, Fife didn't, and Fife, I think, was, Fife was out. Maybe I think Sun
1: Sun would have played
0: Rory lob might have with the Giants. Ah, uh, oh, yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah, you're right. Give or take, not not one hundred. I,
0: I, I yeah. I'd have to I'd have to dive through, but there yeah, probably wasn't there. Were, probably wasn't a lot of experience there. And I 100 percent agree with you. Like I think I think yes, it's a loss. Yes, it stinks to lose, but th- that's that's battle tested, and that's they yeah. know what it takes to get there. They know going into the off season. So I I, I agree with you. I I see a lot of good things in the Fremantle Dockers, especially going forward. So we'll jump to the off. We'll jump to the off season, which. I think it's a Fremantle doc. I'm interested to see how you go this because this is a weird off season for yeah. the dockers because such a great season. And then this exodus of three or four players yeah. from a very good team, but you do bring in some, I mean, Jager Omira, I think will will bring mm. some experience to your youth, to your youth full midfield, which I think will will give a little bit of depth. I think that's a good one. The one I'm fascinated on, especially for you is Luke Jackson, because I'm, I don't really know where, what or how he's going to fit this team because you really can't put him at rock because you've already got Darcy there. So I, you're pretty solid there. He's really not established as that forward type. So I'm, I'm interested to see how long what he decides to do. So, so my, what are your thoughts on this? Because again, it's, a, a little bit of an exodus, but yeah. a couple of good players come into a team that I think is still relatively young and still really talented.
1: I think I always get it's like, because <laughs> I love the players so much, I really find it hard when they go and they're still freeo players after. It's like, I don't have any ill feeling to them, but, mm-hmm. or Rory Lobbs, Dunsim, black. <laughs> Done some things in the media that, like, he's not in that list anymore. He, like, I, I'm not upset for him to be uh, going. Burned some and, bridges sure, for sure. <laughs> he has definitely burnt some bridges. So, you know, I'll still still see how low goes. I'll be excited to see how like the younger boys that are gone as well. So, you know, I, it's hard. I, I, I hate off season. I hate the rumors. I hate the, you know, like, oh, we've you've spent too much for him. We, you know, like we're talking about players, and I just find it hard to like you know see them as commodities with like they you know uh, mm-hmm. they didn't um, they but i'm excited to see what jackson can bring i think i'm nervous and i'm confused as well about it but i'm excited and i trust Bell. like you know he's he's a mastermind he's done some really good things with like <laughs> with you know sometimes stuff that people haven't expected to happen so i'm excited but i'm also I'm very interested. I haven't watched too many of the preseason games that they've had, but they've been into clubs, so they're, like, you know, they're probably playing on different sides. So I don't know. But um, I know you mentioned Jago Romero, but he is the one that I am the most excited about. And um, I went to um, the Members Advisory Forum and the AGM were on the same day um, at the end of last year. So we went along to Optus Stadium and they had, um, they had the, like, new recruits up on the stage and they were interviewing them. And... Um, Luke's probably not a person they should put a microphone in front of. <laughs> he's still a little baby, but not quite there with the public speaking. But Jay like, just came up, and the knowledge and the leadership that he's going to bring is is it's like I'm really excited about that. But a couple of the the younger kids and the mature age kids, I'm really excited about that as well. I think for for me, mature age, is like if they, you know, they. They didn't get there in the first chance. and I think the determination that comes with that to keep going and keep trying back, getting to the, um, getting to the draft, and you know, giving the, giving it a go again. For me, that builds character, and I think those like I really always have followed a lot of the mature age players, and just meant, yep, you guys have you guys have got it. You just got a bit more maturity, obviously mature age, but that determination that's in there. And I'm struggling with his name at the moment. Um, <laughs> the players, and I should know that. Um, who he's had a couple of goes at it and I'm excited to say what it's going to bring to the team. And the name will probably come to me in a moment. Sorry.
0: Um, always when you stop trying, it's always when you stop trying to think of yeah, it, and yeah. it pops into your head. It's, it's like looking for yeah. your keys. I can't find my keys. I can't find my keys. As soon as you stop looking, then you find yep. it. It's usually yep. the way it goes righty. Yep. So we'll let, we'll let you think about that. And yeah. I, again, I, I keep one of these days, I'm going to remember to change this question because I don't like <laughs> the wording and maybe it's just me personally, because I, I have it worded as what are your expectations for next year? But I've stated to many, I hate saying expectations because footy is just bonkers at times when it comes to when unpredictability because yeah nobody saw Collingwood doing what they did last year nobody saw the GWS Giants the sea the the, literally the the floor falling out from underneath them and the west coast eagles kind of the same thing as a Fremantle docker you probably the cheeky little grin for you (laughs) is as as the eagles literally um, imploded unfortunately again I I have no skin in the game on this one, but so, so I ask you, what are your thoughts going into next year? Again, a a, a little bit of a different team. Yes. Some Exodus, but again, as you said, some exciting additions that we'll have to see what Coach Longmeuer does because there's so much there to be positive after last year.
1: I'm going to put it out there, dual premierships, (laughs) 2023, men's and women's. That's a bold call and probably a little bit tricky with the women's um, women's team with new coaches. But the reason for my premiership thing is 2013 was our first grand final appearance. So 10 years later, it just feels like the stars are going to align and we're going to be there for that grand final. And I don't think that's too far out of the... Out of thing, we made we we made it through the finals this year, so I think they would have learned from that. And I do think that there's some exciting um, stuff there. It's that goal kicking. We just got to got to get that goal kicking. And I would really just listening to Fifey talk um, about his off season. It's his first off season. I know there's a lot of negative stuff about him in the media and um, and on Twitter. It's his first off season without surgery, and I just think his his trip to where did he go Nicaragua. Um, just when he talked, when he came back from that, it, I feel like his mind is in a good place. And I just, I have a feeling that he is going to come good this season. So I would love to say that. I just feel that like it would be nice for him to, to, yeah, I'm the eternal optimist. <laughs> so I'd I love the same, to see him I have the same the way.
0: I am the same yeah. way. And I, and I will say this, this is personally on five as I, I want him to get through a season where he doesn't have to miss games because he's just such a fantastic player that I hate not seeing him on that lineup because he is such that impact player. I'm fascinated again, kind of like with Luke Jackson, where he goes because yeah. are his yeah. midfield days done and and, and and I, and it's weird saying that because yeah. I mean, you don't win a Brown medal without being an incredible player, but it, is Are his midfield days done? Because I think they have really hurt his body. To I think yeah. maybe going forward, but then you look at it, you go, well, his goal kicking is not exactly ideal. So how has his offseason been? Has he worked on his goal kicking style to where maybe he can go forward and be that center half forward? That's the link play between them and the full forward line. Maybe not always have to go for goal, but be that consistent player that can maybe he can sub in the midfield for a couple of bounces, but For the most part, he stays forward as that big, strong marking target at that center half forward line, which I think may fit him quite well. Whether his game fits to it, we'll have to see but it will be fascinating but i'm one of those i want to see fife playing and want to see him healthy because it, it is horrible seeing such a great player yep. be on the sidelines so much and i know he doesn't think like everybody else he's not one of those that's only thinking about footy he's got thoughts on the after after footy life so i i just want him to get that 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 season where he can be proud of that he doesn't have to spend so much time on the physio table. So 100% with you. And I'm 100%. not even a Dockers fan. So, <laughs> so I, all right, we're, we're going to have some, we're gonna have some fun with this next question. I absolutely love this. <laughs> and I know you said you're not good with names. So We'll have to see how this goes is I'm, I'm, being over here in America, we have a lot of people that like to tell that they want to be the general manager. They want to be the person that makes the moves. They they want to be that person that puts their stamp on the team. So I'm going to let you do something really, really fun for one day. I'm going to install you as the list manager for the Frio dockers men's team and all 17 teams are open. You can bring in one player from all any of the 17 teams, one player to join the dockers, to make you make you Nostradamus and get you a premiership in twenty twenty three, who's that one player and why?
1: I can hear my teammates groaning <laughs> because they know that this is <laughs> this is a terrible thing to let me lose. in poaching. <laughs> nope, This manager. No, um, I I I was I really really struggled when Lockie Neal went. So if we could have Lockie Neal back. I would love that, but I also know that the team has moved on from that and our midfield is so good. Where would he fit into that space? Of course, Lockheed would Neil would fit into that space, but who would have to come out for him to go into there? Mm-hmm. I don't say, is there, then, you know, like, who was the Coleman medal last year? No, I don't think I want them in the team that I quite fit. So, I'd
0: be would <laughs> be, uh, Cur- be Charlie Kernel from the Col- Car- Carlton, from Carlton Blues. Sorry, he I keeps... should have said his
1: name. Yeah. He, I mean, he'd he might... he'd fit
0: there. He, he'd fit because he'd repla- he'd replace lob. Because the, the biggest question you would have then, is, as yeah. you kind of says, the kick goal kicker. Goal? So, it was yeah. true. could you find that full forward? Could you bring in a Tommy Hawkins? Could you bring in a Charlie Kerno? Yeah. Could you bring in one? Tommy of the Hawkins
1: key... is another one as well. One of... Like yeah.
0: Yep. One of the King boys, one of the King, one yeah. of the two King brothers you could bring, you could bring in. I I've even, he's a WA boy, bring buddy, bring buddy, Franklin, bring over buddy to back. The purple. so <laughs> it, there's, there's a lot of different possibilities again, every, again, to each their own. And it's fascinating yeah. because you get people that Clayton Oliver, Marcus Pontapelli, they go for the flashy one. And then there's, yeah. I've been fascinated by some of the ones that are like, well, I, well, we're, 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 we're we've got a weakness here. So we should go there. It's fascinating. Everybody's different. It's, it's a fun question for me just because, you kind of see how they fan do they fan with a marquee name on the marquee or do they look for what makes their team better so it's fascinating so there's nothing wrong with that at all so okay now now here's it here's we're gonna this next one is a fun opinion one and i absolutely love especially because with you being out in wa is that (laughs) the grand final during 2020 and 2021 found its way outside Mm -hmm. of victorian soil for the first time in history, going to the GABA and then out in WA with Optus stadium in 2021. And I was fascinated, even in 2021, the Victorian media started to kind of bring up a topic that it surprised me that they were like, should the AFL look into maybe making the grand final, a traveling grand final. And again, I know comment section, the MCC has the 50 year contract. Let's let's put that on pause for just a little bit for you. As a WA girl, are you one of those that you like the idea potentially of getting an Optus Stadium grand final again, or are you one of those that you don't mind the tradition of the MCG because it does have that hundred thousand and it does have that history of being where the grand final is usually played?
1: I think that's such like I think every single person answers this differently, and obviously Perth girl mm-hmm. um will definitely have my WA bias in there and. I was so lucky to be able to get a ticket to go to that um, grand final, Demons and Doggies, at Optus. And I was also lucky enough to go to the Dreamtime game that was also at mm-hmm. um, Optus, which both of those experiences were bucket list experiences. They're never going to happen again, probably, because of that 50-year thing. But just knowing that those are things that I have seen forever, as a you know, like as a footy fan, at the MCG most of the time on TV because it is so exorbitantly expensive to get to from, from WA, just having that ability to be able to share that to a bigger audience. And one of my um, one of my really good friend's dad's who's been a demon supporter for the entire 80 years of his life was able to go to a grand final and it's like it was an experience for him that he will never, ever forget. And I just saw the joy that came from it, obviously the joy of a win as well <laughs> was you know really good for a demon Mm -hmm. supporter I I love the idea of you know maybe it's every five years maybe it's not every every year I love the idea of being able to go to South Australia to Adelaide Oval and to watch a grand final there to -hmm. to the Gabba watch a grand final there not like I said not every year and I do understand the tradition I love Melbourne, uh, the Melbourne tradition when you know, like the grand final is always at the G, so you know, like that's that's what we've always known. I did manage, I was lucky enough to go to 2013 grand final, and the Frey Army we marched the Purple Army marched from Fed Square across the bridge to the G, and it was an experience like, we wouldn't have had that similar. I mean, we would have had a, a similar experience, but it was different. So I I understand that and I understand the Victorians want to keep it and, you know, hold on to it forever and it's the VFL, blah, blah, blah. But that feeling of being at at Optus and knowing that it was a brilliant show, they did such a good job. The lights were amazing. The crowd was full. The stadium was full. Okay, it's not 100,000 at the MCG, but 60,000 is amazing. And at 60,000 and some of that is new audiences and it's not just the corporate Nest that is at mcg of like the smaller number of fans that are there amongst the corporate fans so it was like you could just see the red and blue um of both teams across across the stadium and i i would love for it to not be um you know locked in stone and i obviously it is locked in stone but i have like switching a little bit to my aflw hat there's been talk about locking that venue in and it's purely I think because of venues and cricket ovals being difficult at the time of year with the AFLW grand finals. but there was talk of locking it into Marvel Stadium and that hurt my heart so much because that Adelaide Oval filling it with 53,000 people um, watching like that that grand final and it's like the, you know, the thought of, well, Freya will get there one day and having the, like, you know, top of the ladder not being able to play in their home state, it just like would would be awful for the sake of not booking venues and um just don't want them to lock it in to that until it's actually the competition's better down a little bit so i don't yeah I, I maybe every five years maybe maybe there's a dream of that that could happen
0: Hey, I, I absolutely love it. I threw up like the Olympics every four years. I, I, yeah. Again, I know the contract and I know it, but it was just very interesting that the Victorian media were the one that brought it up. That mm-hmm. Like that was the part that surprised me because again, the Victorian media again are primarily tend to be mm-hmm. Victorian centric. Again, I hate saying Victorian bias because I think it's just, there's so many teams to talk about. There's a lot more. I think that's the reason why sometimes interstate clubs don't get talked about as much I don't know. Maybe maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. I I have friends in every single club so I try not to offend any of them. I have Victorian fans, I have WA friends, SA friends, Queensland friends, New South Wales friends. So I try to be as neutral as I can when it comes to it. If it's at the MCG, that's okay. If it goes to a traveling, I think it would be just fine. I are you going to get the corporate money? No, but sometimes I think we need to stop worrying about the corporate money. And just make sure it's there for the fans because that's what's going to bring more corporate. Is those Check fans my. going to the game and buying the corporate stuff? So again, <laughs> so alrighty. So we we go we go from that to this upcoming season has another event that I'm very fascinated on, and that is the the Magic Round rip off of the Gather Round. <laughs> don't get me started on the name I, I think it's kind of eh shall we say i can't really think of i can't really think of a proper way of kind of saying it's disappointment with me yeah. but, but i'm one of those i'm fascinated by this because i know the nrl does magic round and it's always so well attended but I, as i've stated in a couple that's because queensland and new south wales mm-hmm. are primarily where they are you have yes, you have the 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 storm, so you have Victoria, but it's one team, that's it. Where I think footy's a little bit different because you do have five states worth of teams. So I'm fascinated to see how this goes. I think it's going to be well attended. I sure hope so, because if the premier, the premier from South Australia, if it doesn't, he's gonna look like a complete utter noob. We'll have to see. <laughs> so I asked this, what are your thoughts on gather round? And do you plan on attending?
1: I'm not going to attend. I oh, sound really bad. I honestly can't think of anything worse than an entire like, whole lot of people descending on, <laughs> on Adelaide down and just trying to navigate that. That just, that just doesn't appeal to me. And I, I'm wondering if that is maybe because it's Melbourne, uh, maybe because it's Adelaide. I, I have this idea of, wouldn't it have been great? And I know the stadiums are not suitable, they're not big enough, but wouldn't it have been great if that was Northern Territory or Tasmania? Like the idea of the draw card to places where there isn't like regular football, I know the attendances wouldn't be as big. So I understand, I understand why, why, why that place was big. I'm not loving the idea um, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to go. But I think part of the reason why I'm really not loving the idea is Freya's been shunted to a time slot that, mm-hmm. like, no one is going to go to both in person, but also, at like, because of daylight saving or because of, like, sorry, time differences. Um, it's in it's smack bang in the middle of a work day. So I think it's, it's either 3.10 or 4.10. 3.10 maybe. I can't remember what the time is. Mm-hmm. But, like, so viewers in person... Viewers in Perth aren't going to be able to watch it, but also people in Adelaide aren't going to go to that because it's Nor- Norwood Oval. Um, so unless it is someone that's flown in specifically for that, I just think that the crowd size is going to be really low. So given that it's free Giants, I just think the narrative in the media is going to be quite negative about it going, why was there no crowds at that one, whereas the you know, the ones that are at Adelaide Oval are going to have bigger crowds because it's you know easier to get to and it's during the daytime. So I just feel that we got shunted um, a little bit with the... Um, with the time slot and I just I don't understand the concept of of adding an extra round to an already very long season when again my AFL hat um we can't even get more than 10 10 games in the AFLW season but we can magically just add this extra round that I know the South Australian government is putting money in towards it but we can suddenly magically find all this money to do this it just it just doesn't sit right with me.
0: I absolutely. I want to give you a hug because that's. It was one of the things that went through my head too. Because I as it's actually my next question to, is my next question is about the AFLW, but we'll stay on this just for a second. I agree. I've heard this this comment when it comes to Fremantle that they really they're they're a team that you would think deserves to be at the Adelaide Oval in a spot where more people could see because they are. I think many people look at them as a finals contender. They're not a bottom four side like GWS is. So it is kind of one of those you look at it, and you go, they really think about that when they may, again, the fixture is is kind of weird. I've, I've talked to some people that they absolutely adore this. There's I, my North Melbourne fan, the vitriol that she had about their spot, which I think they had, they, they're out in one of the wine countries that I think that the, the, the venue that they have only is like 3,000. Yep. So it was very fascinating on, on her vitriol. And, and again, I 100% understand that. Why, why, why is it so such a small ground that they're going to be playing on? I know it's country footy and they're trying to spread it out through all of South Australia. 100% understand that. But I mean, can you not find at least a 5,000 seater? I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Again, it, it, it's I, it's a, it's a weird question on that, but yeah. I 100% agree. It, it'll be fascinating. I, I just, like I said, my one worry that I have is it rains. Yeah. That is my one and, worry because Adelaide, Adelaide Oval is going to be destroyed by Sunday.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. If if, if it Oval. is not perfect, if it is not perfect weather, yeah. Adelaide Oval is going to be a mud pit by Sunday. Yep.
1: Yeah. So it's like up the stadium these days, and they weren't like we had to switch a couple of it there was a, supposed to be double headers mm-hmm. for the women's and the men's they couldn't play the women's game there because the ground wasn't able to be to hold up to it. So that was like they weren't able to have two games. So Adelaide Oval just astounds me. I'm not it, like you know if it rains like I mean maybe it might be like going back to the 90s and watching the mud bit football which might be might be quite exciting. <laughs> might be interesting. and I'm not I'm not too worried about I know a lot of people were upset about Freo getting pushed to Norwood Oval. I'm not too worried about that. If it's suitable for AFLW, it should be suitable for AFLM and so it might bring up some some, um, conversations about is it suitable ground for AFLW, um, so I'm kind of okay with that. It's the timing that 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 really does uh, bother me in there, but
0: one hundred percent, would be interesting. Yeah, it'll. It, I'm 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 going to be keeping an eye on the weather that entire week because if Adelaide gets rain, I it's going to be fascinating to see how how the groundskeepers try to keep yeah. Adelaide Oval from being an abs, absolutely destroyed so early in the season. Cause I mean, this is only round five or four or five. So it's, it's very early uh, in the yeah, season. Yep. Yeah. So I, I worry about the Adelaide oval if it does, because I mean, those grounds people are going to be working their absolute tails off. If, if there's any kind of inclement weather. So we, we go to my next question and we've talked about it and I absolutely love this. Like I said, I gave you a round of applause. I am a huge advocate for AFLW. I do AFLW round reviews. I absolutely adore this version of footy because honestly, in my opinion, I think this is a huge growth opportunity for the AFL. Mm -hmm. I think the AFL needs to really look at this as this is their growth spark. This is their growth place. There are so many young girls, so many youth girls and young women that are coming up playing footy now that are going to have that chance to play AFLW because of the AFLW getting started, so I absolutely love this. So I, you said you go to games, so I, I, you're a huge AFLW fan. Yep. Your thoughts on Fremantle season? Again, was it ideal? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I will say this right now, as a person that watched every single game, I felt horrible for Fremantle because you were so snake bit in this season. Whether Kiara Bowers getting COVID at the start of the year and she really didn't recover, the normal Kiara Bowers until about round six. And that was hard for me because you're so used to her being the tackling machine, this all around great player. And it took her so long to kind of get her lungs back and then injuries and injuries. And I just felt horrible for Fremantle because this is a club we've seen top of the ladder in the final spots, always in the finals, always competitive. And they just did not have that type of season so it was frustrating for me as a fan because this was a team I really thought was going to be contending and unfortunately the way this year went it just didn't uh, occur
1: yep <laughs> it's so hard to sum up that season I think um I was listening to Haley Miller talk um it's hard for them as well because they had like the two seasons in the one year. So, you know, like quite a successful season six where like, we made it through and we played Adelaide in Adelaide in the prelim. And to go from that to season seven in the same year, it just was all kinds of like unfortunate thing. Yeah. I think the fact that like, the seasons, you know, they didn't have an off-season. They didn't know when the season was going to start. So it wasn't just, you know, it was injury after injury after injury when the season started. But prior to the season, um, Turbo or Kiara getting, getting COVID, Hayley Miller not having a pre-season because she had an ankle injury. So, you know, two of our big names immediately out. And then add then dud and, um, um sorry, Kara and um, um, Ebony to the mix as well. Like we've got four of our super experienced players just, Gone for the for most of the season. Um, well, sorry, like not not Turbo and Haley. They started the season, but like they weren't in in fit um form until like you said till part ways through the season. So it was losing Steph Kane, losing Gemma, um, and um, losing also um Jazz Stewart to inactive, not to. Um, yeah. Not to, not to expansion teams, but just the disruption to the like solid core of that group that had gone to the prelim, I think was just such a big thing to try and recover from. And for me, I don't think Steph was given enough credit for just how good she was on the wing and just how much we did miss that um, miss that player, especially with Turbo um, not so great as well in the, in the start with, with COVID. Um, but I, I do think then, like I said, I'm always a positive. And positive support, I've got to find something because otherwise what's the point? What's the enjoyment of it? So I do think that yes, it was the worst run of his worst run of injuries and nothing was going to make that season go well. Um, but the fact that we played so many of our young players ahead of their schedule, ahead of where they would be, the fact that like players like Orla Lally um, who, like, she was in Ireland, she was playing, I, I don't know what tournament it was, but like playing a massive big tournament, which they won um, the week that she turned 21, jumped on a plane on, like, the, during that week, came out to Perth and was actually playing in a practice match down in Mandra in that first week, the week that she turns 21, the first time she's actually out there and she's playing then when the season starts. Like her first games of AFLW, learning the game while she's actually playing on the top level, that would never happen in the men's competition. So like just seeing those kind of things and some of the young kids that were out there that um, like still in high school um, were out there playing ahead of where I feel that they would have played, I think hopefully will like lead to some um, development in the next season. We cannot, there's no possible way. I don't want to say it out loud, but that season of injuries, like in one game where we lose concussion and like with JC going out or Janelle Cuthbertson going out.
0: The Brisbane game at the start of the year.
1: Oh, the Brisbane game. That just like. Cuthbertson going going down.
0: There was one other one one all all within the span of like three minutes. It was insane.
1: And I was like, what is, what is going on? So um, I think. It was, it was really tough. It was really tough. And, uh, like, obviously, um, Trent is no longer the coach. So um, that's, you know, that's a bit confusing to me. But I do see, like, the people that they're interviewing for for the new role uh, um sounds, sounds, you know, obviously from rumours on, on Twitter. Um, I would love to see Lisa Webb or the other um, woman that they're interviewing, Martine Pearman, like both women with, Amazing experience in um, Waffle W um, and in like footy and WA. It's super exciting to see if they do get it, what they will be able to bring to the team. So I think there's positives for 2023, but oh, 2022 was tough. And I could talk about AFLW forever. Season, so, yeah. season
0: seven was, Steven season, says, look at that, season seven. <laughs> Was a difficult one for sure. And again, for, for a very proud team. And again, Cooper getting let go kind of shocked me. I, 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 I really feel bad because if they let him go because of season seven, I really kind of looking to go, what are your expectations? Because I, I, I really don't understand. I mean, if, if, if it leads to a capable replacement that has W that has waffle connections and has has women's footy connections there that's perfectly fine i 100 understand that but if you only let him go because of season seven that's a bitter pill for me to swallow because that's none of that was his fault 90 percent of what happened last season was nothing to do with trent cooper's game plan or how he handled things so i don't know maybe it's the coach in me <laughs> but i don't know like I, I guess it, we'll i have, have a see.
1: feeling there's like I just I have a feeling there's more to it, um. But you know, not I kind of hope. Earth. I kind of
0: like, hope so. I really, I, I if, for his sake, I hope so. Because if it's only season seven, that's a little. That's really, really harsh. <laughs> really harsh. Alrighty. More, more to pot. More to positive. As you, as you said, you're super yeah. optimist. I got to As you said, you love talking AFLW. Do you have a favorite player currently on the Dockers list for the women?
1: Again, same as the boys. It's really hard. To, really hard to pick one. Obviously, I can argue with you on that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about two, if that's okay, because obviously Kiara Bowers is the Mm -hmm. most incredible footballer, men's, women's, I have ever seen. She is just when she's on and she's tackling, uh, like there is just nothing better to watch. (laughs) She's like, I don't know if you saw the derby that we had at Optus Stadium a few years back, where she even tackled a um a um a streaker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Should have been added to her tackle count.
0: I don't After know if guy, I don't but, know if you've heard it, but Craig West, Craig Wessels the Yank on the Foot. He jokes he he says that if, if any men's team in WA needs a tackling coach, Kara Bauer should be the first person they should call. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. She, she's an absolute tackling machine. I love watching her play because she plays the game so physically and she plays the game so tough. I absolutely love Turbo. She's so much fun to watch. And I I I have to agree with with Craig on this one. I think she's one of the best tacklers I've ever seen, men, women combined.
1: I agree. I agree, um, but I have to pick a less obvious one. And she's only been there for a little while, and I, I, it is, I guess, a little bit obvious. But Anya Ty, um, uh, she I is just exciting, and just, um, just such a journey to get there. Of like, she came here just pre-COVID and unfortunately did an ACL. I was at the practice match down in Mandra where she did ACL, hadn't played any AFL yet, and my heart just broke because I saw it on the other side of the oval and just the way she got up, I was like, oh, God, that's that's an ACL.
0: Damn.
1: And then to come back from that and do a second ACL, um, it just about when the next season was starting, heartbreaking for, again, someone from Ireland who's been here through COVID, not being able to go back and their family. i, I think she missed like a family wedding. Um, so that story for me, like it's always all about the story for me. Um, just watching her come back from that recovery and just hearing Hoops talk about her um, and also Michaela, um, Tukarena, um, just hearing him talk about them, about how exciting they were going to be, never having seen them, just going, oh, he's really talking these two players up and then watching Anya start playing and just growing in that game she's so she's you know still had only a couple of seasons now she's just so exciting and the kick that she can manage going back to that Brisbane game that we mentioned one of the commentators um said oh that's past her limit she's not going to be able to get that one and I'm like oh you have not watched her play because it was on the 50 and bang went through the goals no problems whatsoever that long kick is something that like you don't see all that often in the AFLW and it's exciting but the the height of her and the ability for her to scoop the ball off the ground um it like being so tall and just pick it up so gracefully obviously that's the Gaelic um skills coming coming through in there I just think she's so exciting
0: yeah, she's one of my favorites to watch. Anya Tag, absolutely fantastic. Absolutely love watching her play. So, alrighty. As I've said a few times in a few of these episodes, I have not been to Australia. It is on my bucket list. It is on my thing to do. And I've actually had a few people message me because the first few episodes I said the SCG and the MCG, and I stopped. And they went, "Mate, why don't you want to come to the Adelaide Oval? Why don't you want to come to the Gabba? Why don't you want to come?" Okay. If I can get to all of them, I will try. Unfortunately, finances are not exactly easy sometimes, but on my bucket list, I would love to get to Australia to at least see some games out there. So I'm doing some research. So when I go, I'm completely ready. So I've got two questions on that. As an American, we love our food at our sporting (laughs) events. So I have to ask, favorite food when you go to the footy? Okay, so
1: I think, um, I'm probably not the best to, to ask because I'm not a pie fan. The traditional pie is obviously what people go and have at the footy, but it's not, it's not for me. Hot chips are always, like, always got to go get the hot chips and Optus does do some bloody good hot chips um, in the middle of winter. Always really good, but Optus has started doing that's like it is. It is actually quite good for food. I know some of the some of the little things aren't good, but um, each little food stand has different food, which is different to what they had at Subi Oval. And one of them does this roast tiny roast potatoes with veggie chili on top, and stout cream and cheese. And oh my God, that is that is really good. But AFLW hat again? Their games are held at Frio Oval and Frio Oval. Um. I know Perth is a long way from Melbourne, so if you can, I know expenses, it's a long way to get to Perth, but free Oval for women's games is something else. It's just an amazing experience. And the Fremantle markets are right next door to the Oval. It literally like you walk out of the ground in two minutes you're in you're in Fremantle markets. So my favourite thing before the AFLW Games is to go down, have a wander around the markets and get the food from there. So a Suwaki, a bao bun, like they have whatever type of food you want in there. Grab that, take that into the ground and eat that while I'm watching the footy.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. The hot chips, actually, that that has become a very, very popular one. Um, Surprisingly, I, yeah, you you would, you would think it seems like every two or three, you make two out of every three, you get the pie, but the the hot chips has been the most pop has been the next most popular. So that does, that has not shocked me a bit. So, all right, here, here, here's the the coup d'etat. When I go to the game, I got to find a seat. I'm trying to find the best possible place to sit to watch the game because I want to be able to see as much as I can. So I'm getting from each fan. Where is your ideal place to sit when you go to the footy?
1: I, it's not where my member states are. I love our member states and we will stick with them for a long time. We're on the ground, ground um, so tier one at Optus Stadium um, and we're like, midway between the um, 50 metre and the goals. So we're like on a nice angle and on nice. a little bit of an elevation. But the absolute perfection, which in a little bit out of my friend's budget for, for the um, members' tickets, is on the wing in the second tier at Optus Stadium on the coaches' side, underneath, like, underneath mm-hmm. where the coaches are. Um, I've sat there a couple of times for different finals or for different AFLW games and just being that elevated like just in, so it's called level three uh, at Optus. Um, and just having that elevation to be able to see the game plan, it actually helps me understand the game a lot better because you're, you're not up in the gods. You're not way up in the 500s, yeah. um, but you're high enough to be able to to see that. But it does take away from that. Like when we are on the, I'm not going to say we're really close to the fence, but on that ground level, you can hear and you can yeah. yell and you can the players can hear when you're yelling at them. So, yeah, I, I love that second tier awesome. Tier three sorry just um and one day i'll be able to say that at mcj actually the collingwood calling tickets we had were, were pretty awesome tickets at mcj but
0: awesome yep the the wing that second that second tier no matter mcg tends to yeah. be the most popular on the wing because they said you can see everything so yeah. there's, there's a few that have said the cheer squad because if you want that atmosphere but I, I 100% understand. So, all right. Last question that I have for each of these. And I love asking this question because it's been fun to kind of find some of these games. Favorite game of footy you have ever seen? Live, at the ground, on the telly, doesn't matter. Favorite game of footy you have ever seen?
1: ooh I'm gonna say two if that's okay. That I think perfectly I've already fine. Mentioned I've had I've had
0: one person do like three or four. So two is fine. I've already
1: I've already mentioned it. That Sydney, the Sydney Frio prelim um 2013 at Stuby Oval is like just for me the best the game. Um I think being there like the week before the Geelong, the win in Geelong where the Geelong advertiser had said bring your tissues because they're not gonna win and blah blah blah. Like that was that was amazing and will remain up there, but that Sydney, just being there um, and knowing that we were going to win, I didn't, like, I obviously didn't know we were going to win until half an hour after an hour, half an hour after the game when it finally sunk in, (laughs) but the boys that I was with loved it. We had, and I think part of the reason it was so good is, like, it was the first time, obviously, first time getting to the grand final, Um, but we had this group of eight guy I can't remember exactly how many eight guys behind us and obviously because it was finals we weren't in our members seats we're in different seats we had very good seats on the second tier at at, um Subi and this group of guys behind us that all had their faces painted and they'd obviously watched football together for many many years and they were chanting they had these different chants for different players that they obviously have done for years together they had this this one for Lee Spur. Um, who was obviously playing at the time. And it was, if Lee got the ball, if he'd marked the ball and he was waiting to take a kick, they would just be doing this, wait for it, wait for it. And all of them were doing it and they would go, wait for it, wait for it. And then when he kicked, they would just all (laughs) erupt with spur. And so by the end of the game, they had the entire block joining them. And just with this, like, you know, group of random people all together that became part of the same you know, the same thing and the MCG pant at the end was just so powerful. But the other game that I'm going to say is my favourite is a favourite for a very strange reason and probably, like, probably a very Freo-type thing, I guess. I can't remember what season it was, but it was at Subie Oval. It was quite a long time ago. Um, Freo were playing Hawthorne. It was a terrible game. We lost. We were thrashed. Absolutely thrashed. So why would it be in my favorite games um it was chucking down with rain torrential rain you could barely see the players on the ground there was water running down the tiers at um Subie oval so you know like just absolutely chucking it down with rain my my friend chatty and i were sitting in ponchos watching um <laughs> or trying to watch this game and just <laughs> almost in not hysterics but we were just laughing So, like, it was cold, it was horrible, it was, you know, like a game that you really, by all rights, should hate. But there was just something about this determination to sit this out, to stay there. We're never going to leave. You never leave before your team finishes. We're just going to stick it out. We're not going to go stand undercover. We're just going to sit here and stick it out. And I think part of the reason that I love that game so much is that we think about it quite regularly. And when we eventually get that big premiership and get that cup those are the type of games that we're going to remember as part of the journey to get there and Freo's had we've had a lot of downs we've had a lot of you know as other clubs have as well but I don't think people understand the party that is going to happen and the way that Freo will erupt when that eventually gets there and it's those kind of memories the determination and the just getting that makes those kind of games by all rights that should be the worst game I've ever watched but
0: it's, it was great. it's it's the different memories it's the different memories everybody remembers things differently absolutely love that that is that is fantastic i love when the, they have a different almost a different meaning it's not just about yeah. the footy of the result it's about kind of the memories absolutely love that so that, that's going to do it for my questions. That's everything I have. Mel, this has been fantastic chatting with you. I love the passion that you have for Fremantle. I love finding somebody else that has a positive attitude as much as possible. I'm I'm very much the same way with you. I, I It irritates me when I see online that people are bashing the player or bashing the club. It's like, it's totally not what I do. And again, everybody fans differently. But it it does get frustrating when I feel like I'm like, do you not notice that you're doing this to a person? You're doing mm. this to the club that you supposedly say that you care about. So it's, it's a fascinating way to look at it. So thank you so much for hopping on the podcast today. This has been a fantastic chat.
1: Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our episode again today. More and more episodes are still coming out again. I'm still trying to find VFL, WAFL, and Sanford uh, fans to chat about their clubs. We're getting closer and closer to March when the AFL starts. Keep an eye out. I'm going to try to find some more. I'm going to hopefully do an off-season review and a pre-season hopefully with a special guest before the season gets started in March. And then as always, our round reviews for the AFL season. So catch catch it back up to us very, very soon. And we will be back again with another episode very, very soon.